Hey everyone, Clay here. Uh, I'm sure you're wondering to yourself, hey, where is Bram Stoker's Dracula? This, this episode was supposed to be Bram Stoker's Dracula, and you would be correct. It was supposed to be Bram Stoker's Dracula, and Amanda and I recorded a slick, adventurous, exciting, almost two-hour episode talking about Bram Stoker's Dracula, which uh, I then taped over if you can believe it. Um, <clears throat> when we recorded this episode, Creature from the Black Lagoon, I hadn't saved my files correctly, and uh, it's just gone. It's completely gone, and it's a bummer because I was really excited to talk about that. Amanda was really excited to talk about that movie, and um, we're going to take the L on this one and move on to Creature from the Black Lagoon. <clears throat> we will eventually do... Bram Stoker's Dracula again. We'll circle back around to it, but uh, I think it's going to be a bit before we do because um, we got into it quite a bit, and I think it would be difficult to replicate that energy right away. So um, enjoy Creature from the Black Lagoon. Thanks for listening, and keep your ears open for when we eventually come back to Bram Stoker's Dracula. All right, thanks, guys. Enjoy. Hello, we're coming to you in 3D audio. The third dimension. Of audio on the Rotten Horror Picture Show, the horror movie podcast where we talk about films off the Rotten Tomatoes 200 best horror movies of all time list. My name is Clay and with me as always is Amanda. How are you doing, Amanda? I am quite well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've got my scuba tank ready. <laughs> uh, you got your spray gun and your my, harpoon gun. Yep. I, yep. Haven't, I haven't worn a shirt in weeks. Good, good, good. Yeah. And I'm excited because you must be excited because um uh, be, as a woman. Yes. Uh you can't sweat. No. Or look disheveled in any way. I I mean the listeners just have to trust that I am perfectly coiffed at all times. Yes. Uh we are talking about today number 154 on our list which is The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Dun dun dun. Um we had the pleasure of watching this in 3D. It was great. Because I am one of the probably very few people left who have a 3D television. I mean, so this is the f- the second time I've gotten to enjoy your 3D television and mm-hmm. I got to say it's making me really question what the rest of us were thinking not getting one it's kind of cool it actually works really well yeah i keep being surprised (laughs) i keep expecting it to be crappier than it is but it's really good i think i think it will probably vary movie to movie like um Mm. i actually i only have a few uh 3d blu-rays um friday the 13th part friday the 13th part three Three. which uh they did not take the most care (laughs) <laughs> or craft 
in that one. Really? <clears throat> I'm yeah. shocked. You don't say about a Friday the 13th movie. Well, if, if you'd like to hear what we're talking about, you can listen to that coverage on uh, Patreon at p- patreon.com slash the Penske file. Good plug. Um, yeah, I, the only other one I've, I've got, uh, I've got Creature from Black Lagoon, Friday the 13th, part three, uh, House of Wax, Ooh. which I bought specifically because I knew we were going to do that one eventually. Yeah. And uh, Prometheus. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, I haven't watched Prometheus in 3D, but being a new movie. I am just really, I'm really shocked. That's not where I was expecting that oh, to go. I mean, I love, I love Prometheus. Yeah. So I, I, I got that as a, I think I got it as a, it was the only version that was available or something. It was like the big version. Oh, so it okay. has all of the versions. Oh my God. So it's like Blu-ray, 3D, and I think it might also have a DVD in it. You heard it here first, folks. Clay's favorite movie is Prometheus. No, but I will go to bat <laughs> for that movie uh, if I have to. Um, but yeah, it's there's a certain level of uh, uh, gimmickry, obviously, built into it. Yes. But if you shoot specifically for 3D and like mm-hmm. actually take some time to put some craft into it. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty good. Yeah. Um and we'll talk about that a bit more in a bit. Uh had you seen this? You hadn't seen this before, right? I realize that I've definitely seen lots of clips from it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah, like bits and pieces here and there, probably about enough to put together the whole story. Yes. Because um, <laughs> there's not a ton of plot beats that you need to cover in this movie. No, not so much. But yeah, I think this is my first time sitting down and watching the whole thing all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd seen this once before. I actually, um, I, I got this uh, a couple years ago. Um, there was a sale on the... Uh, Universal Monsters Blu-ray sets. Nice. There's a big full box, right? This is going to mm. be my rant, slight rant on box sets here. Settle in, everyone. <clears throat> I was looking at this box set of everything. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the big, uh, it was like the Mummy, Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, uh, Invisible Man, oh, wow. Creature in Black Lagoon, all of their sequels, all of Jeez. their crossover movies, all of their Abbott and Costello movies. Holy shit! And also, um, what the the more updated version of um, Phantom of the Opera? Oh Not my the God. Lon Chaney one, the one from like the forties or the fifties. That's a lot of movies. Yeah, and I was I was I wanted to get this. Yeah. Um, and it was like I don't remember. It was like almost two hundred bucks or something. Mm. And so I was really kind of hemming and hawing, dancing. I've probably talked about this before. Um, <laughs> and I had come across that the. Just as I happened to be looking at these, there was a sale on the individual Blu-ray sets, mm. and uh, I don't care for the Mummy, sure. So I had no intention of buying that. So I just bought all the other ones, and oh. it ended up being much cheaper. Oh. And I also am happy I did that because uh, there is a lot of crossover. So like mm. uh, the movies that feature both Dracula and Frankenstein, mm-hmm. both sets have those movies in it. So I have like three copies of Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. <laughs> Holy because, shit. No, I, I might have four copies of that. Oh my God. <laughs> because Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, and the Invisible Man are in that movie. One for every room of the house. So that movie is in each one of those sets. Perfect. And so this big set is just the individual sets put together. So if you bought the big set, you oh. would get all of these overlap movies. Oh. Yeah. So you would get a set that is four copies of Evan Costello and Frankenstein. Oh. Yeah, I would be kind of mad if I'd paid money, a lot of money for that, and then realized that, like, 
a quarter of what I got was Abbott and Costello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's a long way of me coming around to say I hadn't seen this before I mm-hmm. bought it mm-hmm. because th- this set only has three movies on it. Yeah. And so it was considerably cheaper. And I was like, yeah, what the hell? I'm going for completion's sake. I've never seen Creature from Black Lagoon. It sure. comes in 3D. What the hell? Um, yeah. So the first time I watched it was when I was after I bought it. And uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't think I yeah. was going to like it as much as I did. But uh, we can get into that a bit more in a minute. Um, we're going to play the qu- trailer for you. Hopefully it's a trailer. I haven't heard the trailer. Hopefully it's not just music and... Sloshing sounds. But uh, we'll be right back to talk about Creature from the Black Lagoon. couldn't explain it, but there it was, alive, in the deep, deep waters of the Amazon, a throwback to a creature that had existed a hundred million years ago, immensely strong and destructive. A woman's beauty, the bait that brought it out of its lair. See underwater thrills never photographed before. See titanic underwater battles never dreamed of before, in this most terrifying of the science fiction adventures. Okay, Creature from the Black Lagoon from 1954, directed by Jack Arnold, written by Harry Essex and Arthur Ross, story by Morris Zim, starring Richard Carlson, Julie Adams, Richard Denning, Rico Browning as the Gillman in Water, Ben Chapman as the Gillman on Land, <laughs> and a boat named Rita. Nice. Amanda, what happens in The Creature from the Black Lagoon? A strange prehistoric beast lurks in the depths of the Amazonian jungle. A group of scientists try to capture the animal and bring it back to civilization for study. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah that's about it. Can't say no to that. No. Uh, it's funny. I always expect some of these older movies that have more, um, <laughs> what's the word, uh, legendary status yeah. to have that built into the synopsis, but they, yeah. they generally don't. It's just kind of yeah. like a plain- It just kind of is what it is. Yeah. yeah. But Clay, mm-hmm. I will tell you about some things you can find in this movie. Please do. And what they include. Uh Horny monsters again. Again, two weeks in a row. Again, horny monsters. A lot of horny monsters in this podcast recently. Yes. Have you ever seen <laughs> Humanoids from the Deep? No. What is you, that? Humanoids from the Deep is kind of uh, a H- horny monster movie. <laughs> yes. Oh no! It is like a. It's a Roger Corman pseudo update of Creature from the Black Lagoon from like the, mm. I think the late 70s. Mm. Is this like Alan Moore's Neonomicon thing? Very similar. Mm-mm. There is uh, nope. there's a lot of boobs nope. and there's a lot of fish on lady attacks Ugh. and it's kind of great. <laughs> Not that element of it, but because I, 
One of the things as I was watching I wish, this. I wish people listening to this could have seen your face as you were saying that because I could see it in your face that you were already cringing at yourself for saying yeah, that loud. I, it's, it's just one of those things where like <laughs> as I was watching this one in particular, I was like, this is so. This movie could do with more of the Shape of Water style. Hey, listen, last week I was talking about I want a hornier Dracula. This week I want a hornier Gilman. creature. Gilman. Yeah. But like I was watching this going like this is so um just like uh sanded down as cuz you've got this monster He just wants to touch her ankle. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And it's kind of cute to a certain extent, yeah. but it, it, I all I could think of was humanoids from the deep where I was like, yeah, in real life this monster like it would be the murders would be so much more vicious and his intentions would be less chivalrous let's put it that way <laughs> anyway anyway some other things you'll include you'll find include uh going into unexplored territory with a woman never been done my god man um you'll also find the devonian age yeah they mentioned the devonian age like four or five times very um with a lot of like uh, grandeur behind it, right? Like the way that I think, like a, uh, somebody who was a kid in the '90s would talk about the Jurassic Age, right? Yes. Right. In the Devonian Age, for those interested, was about four hundred and nineteen point two million and three hundred and fifty-eight point nine million. Oh, I guess that's what it's it in spans. that range. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Devonian period in geological time, an interval of the Paleozo- pa- Paleozoic era. Ooh. That follows the Silurian period. That's what I thought. Followed the Silurian oh, period. Wow. And precedes the car- car- Carboniferous period. Sure. Spanning between about. That was when Han Solo was encased in carbonite. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was a very long time for all of us. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and you'll also find in this movie. Yes. Marks. Thank you. Thank you for cutting off me going on a deep dive. We don't to need it. We, that's not what we're about here. <laughs> We're about fishman murders and nothing else. Yeah, uh, you'll find Mark's positive weapon. It's a it's a very positive weapon. <laughs> it's an extremely positive weapon, and it's not compensating for anything. So don't ask. No, definitely not. Uh, that's the other thing that's interesting about this movie. Weapons. Well, weapons, but like there is so much interesting subtext you could lay on to this movie if you wanted to. Yes, yes, there is. Just a bunch of yep. sweaty guys wrestling colonizing another country yeah yep yeah. yeah so uh creature from the black lagoon what's your what's your feeling generally on the ocean and sea monsters <laughs> the ocean and sea monsters or well i guess this isn't technically the ocean aquatic but, things yeah um well i mean jaws is one of my all-time favorite movies mm-hmm. if that tells you anything um I'm sort of somewhere in between fascinated and also just like, if it lives in the water, I'll probably eat it. Interesting. <laughs> Do you know okay. what I mean? Sure. I'm like a very heartless appreciator of, of the ocean. Yeah. Um, no, but I do find it fascinating and, and not to jump too far ahead, but like at least twice in this movie, there are a couple different comparisons to um, for deep water exploration, comparing it to space exploration. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's actually a really apt comparison and a really fascinating one that like, to this very day, there is plenty that lives in our oceans that we don't know about, or we know about it, but we don't fully understand it. Right. And I think that's really amazing and and also really horrifying. Yeah. And so yeah. I think it's it's a realm that's very rife with uh, opportunities for good, scary movies. Yes. I um, 
am terrified of sea monsters. Really? Yes. Obviously, I understand that the concept is largely false. <laughs> so you're not a big fan of like Champ, the Lake Champlain monster? I'm a fan of it in that I hope it exists. And you never want to meet it. Right. But like the Loch Ness monster, <laughs> for when I was mm. younger, the Loch Ness monster was like the scariest thing I could think of. Really? Yes. And I think a lot of it comes from that inherent um, separate, like if you go to space, right? Yes. You're all Which of I your- I do regularly. Yeah, you know, regularly, weekends. Yeah. Me and Elon. All of your body is in space. <laughs> sure. It's not like your head is sticking out of space <laughs> and you can't see the rest of space from the neck down. Got it. Got it. Okay. And that goes a long way in in the creepiness for me for the fact that it is completely unknown. Even if sure. you're in, even if you're in a, a freshwater lake, you don't know what's swimming around in there. Oh, I definitely convinced one of my friends as a child that there were lake sharks. Sure. And I don't blame her. I don't blame her for believing me, the horrible liar that I was. Yeah. Because why would, you know, why would she know? I, you know, I've I've been in lakes in New Hampshire and I've seen mm-hmm. big snakes. Yep. Just swim right by me. And I'm like, I, this is exactly what I'm talking about. See, I like snakes. That sounds fine to me. No, not a fan. <laughs> but it's just, it's just like there is that level of unknown and you can't see it and you don't really yeah. know what's down there. And also, unlike space, mm. we know that there are things down there. Yes, and we know that we don't know that there are, like, we, right. we know that there are things we don't know about what's down there. Right. Whereas, like, space, we generally assume the vast majority of it to be empty. Yeah, and it's like, man, isn't the concept of aliens so scary? And it's like, well, the yeah. concept of a giant fish that could eat me is scarier to me because, yeah. like, there's been no evidence of the former in this situation. Right, but, right, whereas the latter definitely exists. Especially, yeah. like, I okay, so years ago, yes. right, when I was a kid, I, I loved watching, like, uh, um, sightings or... Uh, sightings was kind of like i think it was probably a little bit too old for you Hmm. Um, yeah i don't know what that is it was a show on fox around the same i think it kind of popped up around the same time as the x-files when the x-files first started and it was one of those like uh in search of type type shows where they're presenting paranormal stuff kind of as fact oh didn't didn't um oh god you're gonna kill me on like seven levels when i say this (sighs) who played number one Jonathan Frakes? Yes. Didn't he host a show kind of like that? He hosted Fact or Fiction. Okay. Where he would present three stories. Okay. And one of them was true, I think. Yeah, but it, but it was, but some of them were like, yes. you know, yeah. the, 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 somebody from Beyond the Grave <clears throat> was warning you. Yeah. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. And so like on these kind of shows, uh, every now and then you get like a sea monster episode. Sure. And they would be talking about like, oh, the giant squid. And they would, they, they, oh, they think they've, they've gotten pictures of the giant squid, which up yeah. to this, the, up to this point, no one thought existed. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a story. It's a fairy tale sea monster. Yep. And then they found out the giant squid was real. Yes. Like legitimately real. Yes. And, those very much exist. And that just reaffirmed all of my fears <laughs> of the ocean. <laughs> and how like smart octopi are. Right. Like they're really fucking smart, right? I this is tangent, but sure. Um, As if we're not on one already. One of the <laughs> I I was uh, I, I I came over to my girlfriend's place down the street from here. Back when they lived over, I, I was gonna say she has her own place down the street from yes, here. That's yes. pretty cool. Yeah, you know it's just weekends. Yeah, uh, like you know you in space. Yeah. Um, and one of her roommates was watching like. Uh, like one of those Planet Earth yeah, documentaries Planet Earth or something, yeah. And it was about cuttlefish. 
And it was this hilarious thing, hilarious story of these cuttlefish where they were talking about how, um, how smart they are mm. and how they were showing this video of how a cuttlefish outsmarted a bigger, tougher cuttlefish mm. and to sleep with this cuttlefish's fish wife. <laughs> and so there's this big cuttlefish and he's got his like hot octopi girlfriend. And oh this my God, smaller, I just made your dog mad. I laughed so long. <laughs> this smaller, weaker cuttlefish shows up and yeah, they're like, these... the big, the, the, the larger alpha cuttlefish mm. doesn't let the, the smaller beta cuttlefish anywhere near his mm-hmm. girlfriend. But the smaller one pretended to be a girl <gasps> and snuck up oh, on the like just alpha. some girl talk time. Yeah. And then just snuck around him very quickly, made time with this girlfriend and just wow. was off. So and very you, smart. And animals. you have been using that as your uh your ethos for life, your 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 personal philosophy ever since? Yeah, I don't go in the water. Because <laughs> God only knows what those cuttlefish are getting up to. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I water I, I find uh ocean monster stories very scary. Like, did you see underwater? Yeah. No. So underwater was was very cool i mean obviously we're going to talk about black lagoon in a minute yeah but that kind of hit the right um it hit the right note for me because (laughs) i the thing that always gets me about sea monsters and underwater stuff is the sense of scale being so unknowable and the sense of uh um what's the word like uh spatial distortion yes so very large things can be very close, but you can't see them, and that, right, that's right. what gets me yeah. about that kind of stuff. I think there's also like the 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 natural like lack of ability, or like we as humans are not designed to operate in the water, right? You know, like we we have extra equipment that makes us better at it, but mm-hmm. fundamentally, it's a foreign environment, and so we're not good at survival. If it's just like you have been tossed off, like overboard off of a ship, right? And yes. now you need to try to survive. It's yes. like, what are you going to do? Like ever since the Devonian age, yes, <laughs> when we exited the water and started our slow evolution. Yes, but that's there like, it is. There's the transition. I also don't like having not being able to, my feet to touch the ground. So like, right? Because anything could be beneath you. Yeah, I'm very bottom heavy. So like, <laughs> I if I stop swimming, I'm just going to sink like a rock. You got those quads and. And yeah. those calves that everybody's yep, jealous of. Very dense muscle, <laughs> which will do me in if I ever fall off a boat. It's very stable, though. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah so this this movie, um, it starts off. There's, I think one of the more interesting things about this is this is a movie where so many people, um, especially the filmmakers and stuff, will call back to this movie as being an influence. And it's, yeah. it's one of the last, if not the last um big name hmm. universal monster cuz you said this came out in 1954 54 which the 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 original boom had been over it's actually pretty yeah. interesting so you had um Dracula and Frankenstein in 1931 mm-hmm. and um the sequels to those i think Bride of Frankenstein might have been relatively contemporary okay but most of the other sequels and the other movies didn't come until like the 40s because, mm. uh, man, I listened to a great podcast about this. I've already forgotten all the really cool information. However, the one thing that I'm going to completely screw up, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. Let's go for it. Um, 
basically the way that they got rid of monster movies was uh, in England. So uh, hmm. there was a there was a big uh, uh, the English market was a big market for the distri- for uh, distributing American films. Sure, and um, the person who was in charge of the censor board in America didn't like monster movies hmm. because he thought they were too dark and blah blah blah. Right. Sure. And so in England, there was like a a censorship uh, thing applied to these movies which didn't outright ban them. However, the guy in America relayed this decision as the, that um, England was not going to accept monster movies. And so, oh. since this was back before instant communications... Right, you couldn't just, like, Google it. <laughs> yeah, the only person who was going to know this was this guy in America. Right. And so, he basically said... Yeah, the English aren't going to take horror movies anymore. And so then yeah. all of the studios stopped making horror movies. Wow. And he basically single-handedly killed them for about 10 years. Holy shit. <clears throat> yeah. And so you don't get... What a dick. I know. You don't get them coming back until um, they start running them as double features. Yeah. And... I was going to say kind of like a post-World War II thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh... Maybe not quite fully post-World War II. I don't know if it's totally post... I think... I feel like... Some of it might have been before that. I can't yeah. remember off the top of my head. Fair enough. Um, but you've got double features. You've got kids seeing these movies and mm. kids getting really into them. And so that's then they start doing, oh, we'll still do another Frankenstein movie. Yeah. Let's bring in these new monsters. And then so that was a chunk that happened in the 40s. And then mm. after that, they kind of died out again. Yeah. And everything moved into science fiction. I was going to say, because then we're in like the nuclear age and there's all this, you know, stuff about nuclear power and space exploration and all of that yeah which is part of why i think it comes up in this movie is that it was much more in the public imagination at the time yeah and you've got stuff like uh this island earth which Mm. um has a has a famous monster design but the monster's in it for like 30 seconds it's the (laughs) the big like brain monster yes face looks kind of like a bug yep it's kind of a cool design but it's kind of inconsequential the movie um but this is this is a really interesting movie because it's it's a atomic era monster movie. Yes. That isn't an atomic age movie. Right. Like this feels like it would be of a piece with like Godzilla. But it's not. Because right. the monster you would think in this time period would be oh it's a radioactive thing. Right. Some company not. was coming to the Amazon to dump their waste in this lagoon and we got the Gill Man. Right. And it's like, no, he's just been here since the Devonian age. Yeah. And it's it's actually closer to like Jurassic Park and it opens very yeah. similarly to Jurassic yeah, Park as It does, well. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I find that very interesting how it is. it is kind of working on the same sort of archetypes of the time, mm-hmm. but it is not an atomic monster movie. Yeah, this movie does a lot of like playing around with what you would think of as like kind of the tropes and cliches of that time period. Mm-hmm. Like I'm pretty shocked at how there are, there's little bits of like sexism in this movie, like period based sure, sexism, sure. but there's not a lot. Yeah. It like, wasn't as bad as I, as it could have been. Yeah. yeah like K- Kay is herself a scientist. Right. Like, like she is, nobody questions her education. They they tease her at one point about like, because 
like we said, things you'll find in this movie include going into unexplored territory with a woman. Mm, yes. But they sort of say it in a way to tease her. Mm-hmm. And then they don't put up an argument about her coming. Right. Like, no, nobody's right. bothered that she's there. There's a couple times where they're like, it's too dangerous. You shouldn't do this. And But they're never like... I, I don't know. There's 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 not the same veneer of like sexism over everything that you would expect in a movie yeah. that came out in 1954. Yeah. Um, and I'm also kind of surprised at how not racist this movie was. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty fair. Actually, do you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> like, it again. I'm not saying these are the most sensitive and nuanced portrayals right. of uh, men from South America, but they're not cliched in the way you would expect them to be right like, n- nobody's getting drunk on the job and like shirking their responsibilities um none of them turn traitor mm-hmm. and, and try to like rob mm-hmm. the white people i'm shocked that they don't run into a tribe yes who is like they don't. the creature we pray to oh ah, yes we <laughs> worship it it is the great gill man right yeah yeah, and like, yeah, there's no talk Kuxakwa, of yeah. <laughs> the great monster from the deep. Ah, is look at God. them in their primitive ways. Like, yeah, you, you don't get any of Never that. Never even seen a television. Yeah, <laughs> they don't even have radio here. <laughs> um, yeah, you you don't get any of that. And like, like, like the the boat captain, uh, Lucas, is like treated like a very important character, and and has like he's kind of like. A bit of comedic relief at times, mm-hmm. but he's not treated like he's an idiot, and and he's actually treated like he's maybe smarter, <laughs> right? Than a bunch of the people on the expedition. He's smart enough to make sure that he's the only character whose name I know because he yes. keeps saying his name. Yes, yeah. Even for me, Lucas. Lucas. Yes. Um, but yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised that this movie from the fifties manages to avoid a lot of easily easily very bad things that it could have done to take you out of the story yeah it's i mean you know k is still more or less a damsel in distress type. oh yeah she spends the last half of the the movie turning and screaming right yeah right but yeah i mean she she does spend a lot of time just standing on the boat um but But yeah but at the beginning like there's there's the scene where they're examining the um the arm Mm mm-hmm that what's his face carl carl i think it's carl carl has found and brought to try to convince them to do an expedition and she like they're all observing it and she points out like oh but look you know look at the phalanges Mm there they have this kind of structure which implies that they're somehow related to like she's given lines that show like oh yeah she's really smart like she's here on her own merits and there's a whole conversation uh between her and one of the other members of the expedition that um mark who's who's sort of their their backer their funding has made his reputation partially off of the quality of her work right which is really surprising for the for a movie in the 50s to be like hey this lady scientist is really smart yeah unfortunately they kind of bury that note under a little bit of like there's but also why aren't you married yet yeah well there's that (laughs) but like there's this weird sort of half-assed love triangle going on Yes, where she and David are together. They've been together for a long time, a, to the point, a, a extremely long time, to the point where Carl, Carl, the guy, the guy who, who's who, dressed yes. like uh, Colonel who's, Sanders. I was gonna say who's dressed like um, fucking what's his name from Jurassic Park? Yes, John Hammond. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so I the John Jack Hammond, Hammond, and I was like, that's not right. Well, his friends call him Jack. Yeah. <laughs> 
until John Hammond shows up, and yes. he's like, they've been together long enough that he doesn't know why they're married yet. They've been together yep. for six months, we find yes, out Yes, six entire months and six no ring. Months. And they are acting as though they have been together for years. And look, she's out of school at this point. She's she's a working scientist. Yes. That must mean she's over 20, mm-hmm. which means she's a hag. By Dracula logic, yes. yes by Bram Stoker's Dracula logic. She's basically logic. a spinster at this point. Yes, yes. Um, no one will want her now, Clay. <laughs> Well, we know one slimy person who does. Yeah, one gill man who's quite enthusiastic yeah. about her. Yeah, he's just, a, he's just, the gill man is the emo kid in the Aww. story who's like, your boyfriend doesn't appreciate you. Yeah, not like I do. No. That's, he, that's what he looks <laughs> like he sounds like. And then part your lips and breathe out through your mouth. <sighs> that's what he looks like he sounds like. He looks like he would have kind of a derpy voice. I definitely got to the point in this movie where um, every time they just showed the, the, the Gill Man's still face, I could not, I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, like they imply that Mark kind of has the hots for her. Yes. In, and she's kind of like rebuffed him in the past. Yes. But they don't really go into it. Yeah. Like, which I actually think is kind of fine. Yeah. Well, really again. need them to go into it. The, 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 uh. The person in the middle of this triangle seems more to be David, because Mark and David <laughs> definitely have a lot more um, I mean, contact. They, they... <laughs> That's such a diplomatic way of putting it. Yes. Yeah, those men are nearly I'm naked if together. Not diplomatic <laughs> in my in my language choices on this show. Um, yeah, those men are almost naked together all the time. Yeah, and Mark is just—he's really into you know, being right there with David and yep. competing with David, yep. but it never get the sense that they're competing for her. Yeah. More like the competition is about each other. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, they do have like, they do serve the purpose of the, the main core purpose of the story, which I do find really interesting, mm. which is Mark is the classic. We need to find it and we got to kill it. I don't yep. care what it is. Yep. And David is the one who's like, hey, it's just an animal. Maybe we don't kill it. Right. We just leave it alone. Right. Maybe there is value for the uh, to this creature just existing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. However, they, they each take their ideals mm-hmm. to the nth degree where mm. Mark never gets to the point where he's like, maybe you're right. Maybe we should just get out of here. And right. David- even after this yes. thing has killed multiple people, including, including Mark. Including Mark. And he's, he's like, even after, but it's still just an animal and it doesn't deserve our hatred. Right. He's he's killed Mark. He's kidnapped Kay. Yes. And even at the end, yeah. when, after they've shot him six times, yeah. he's like, you know what? Let it go. Just let him go. Yeah. And it's really, it's really interesting because he does have this sort of, he, ha, being that pure mm-hmm. about his intentions- to uh, let the ecosystem exist as it is. He's the Jonathan Harker of the story. Right. He's... <laughs> I'm going to love you from afar, but we're never going to touch. <laughs> well, it's... it's He's... he's It's not that the the the, the Gill Man is like the bad guy so much. He yeah. David just wants to get everybody home. Yes. Like, he doesn't yeah. want to kill this thing. He doesn't want to... He just wants to get out of there and stop more people from getting killed. Right. And, you know, they keep... The Gill Man is... He's being kind of a dick about it, but... No, a little bit. Um, but they, hey, look, they did come to his house. It's true. It, yeah. it does go both ways. Started they started poisoning his fucking lagoon. They roofied him. <laughs> yeah, like four, like three <laughs> Multiple, times. Multiple, which is really bad for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just... I find I find the underlying... 
again, for the 50s, I find his character and his underlying motivations interesting because I, I feel like it would be much more in line for him to have the moment where he's like, you're right, we have to kill this thing, this monster. But the, the Gilman yeah, in the is... Yeah, in the 50s especially. Yeah. Like, yeah. But the Gilman is always kind of presented as fairly sympathetic. Like he's still, he's yeah. interesting because he is, you know, where you've got Frankenstein who is mm-hmm. fully sympathetic because he doesn't know what he's doing. He's a right. creation. He didn't ask to be born. He's only a monster because he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. The Gill Man is both sympathetic because he's just a half human, half fish, wild animal. Right. Right. He's a wild animal. But yeah. he is also still a monster. Who yes. is killing people. Yes. So he's got this weird yeah, kind of Yeah, because dual... he keeps coming back to the boat. Right. You know, like the, the, the gill man keeps, he boards the boat several times. He reaches in through portholes. He menaces yeah. people. He kills a bunch of people. He tries to grab that one guy's dick. <laughs> he grabs a lot of faces. Yeah, he does. Yes. Um, He blocks their exit. Yep. So it, there, there is like... He might just be a wild animal that's running on instinct that sees Kay as like a potential mate mm-hmm. or partner, but he's still doing a lot of stuff that's like, all right, that's bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> like that's, right. that's, that's malicious. That's not just like, it's not that the humans keep coming after him. He does take some initiative in arranging these confrontations. And it, and it makes sense in this movie, the way that it doesn't in movies where the 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 creature is literally just an animal because sometimes you'll run into these movies where it's like oh my god they've locked us in it's like it's a lion it didn't right it didn't back you into the corner and then close the door behind you unless this is the movie the ghost in the darkness that's true in which case that lion absolutely did back you into the corner and close the door but that's what i mean though like it's yeah yeah. he's he actually has he's he's a sentient being who yes. can make decisions and like scheme because yes. he's half human. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there is intent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Intent. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes. Um, speaking of Gilman, what do you think of the costume? Uh, I think it looks a lot better underwater than it does above water. Mm. Yeah. It's um, when you see him in, in the scenes where, especially in the scenes where Kay is swimming. Mm hmm. And and the gill man is sort of weaving in and out through the, the plant yeah. life on the bottom and kind of coming up and then diving back down and shadowing her. And you don't get the camera fully focused on him. It's sort of focused on the whole scene of mm-hmm. her swimming near the surface and him swimming beneath. It can look really good. Yeah. It can look really, really good. Um, and a lot of that's probably an, a, a testament to how good the divers, the professional divers who play yeah. the Gilman are. It's, and that guy didn't have tanks on. He was just yeah. holding his breath. He had to hold his breath for like an insane amount of time. That's crazy. Um, it's really impressive and it looks really good in, in those moments. It looks less good <laughs> towards the end. Um, when he's like, just wandering around like someone who just got home from work yeah and he's got the the sort of dopey fish face mm-hmm. you know the like the sort of bulging eyes and the the like just gaping open mouth yeah um that just sort of open and closes like mechanically it, that that's when it can start to look a little silly yeah i think the the underwater stuff in general is is really great like uh and i think it is you know as we, we were talking about a little bit before the 3d really shines 
in the underwater oh, yeah. scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it really creates this sense of depth. Yeah. In a way that is not gimmicky. Yeah. Like, they have some of that stuff too. There's this great opening shot at the beginning when they find the fossilized hand. Yes. Where they do like a yes. camera pan and brings the hand into focus and it looks like it's reaching out. That looks yeah. it's great. It looks amazing. <laughs> but the underwater stuff is really it's really utilizing the 3D in a in a way that is adding to the atmosphere, I think. Yeah, I kept trying to think of a word for it that wasn't like I hesitate to use the word subtle. Sure. Because it's not exactly subtle, but but there's something more to it than just the gimmick that you usually get with 3D. Yeah. It's adding like a texture yeah, that's not there. There's there's it's more considered. Yeah. It's there's more craft built into it. Like it's yes. not just oh shit, we got we got to do some 3D gags. It's yeah. like they're using it as a filmmaking tool. Yeah, and it adds something substantial to your experience of the movie because I think it gives you more of a sense of the environment around people mm. as they're diving and there are a lot of diving sequences in this movie. Yeah. So it's really helpful to have that, that, that increased sense of scale. Yeah. I think ultimately this movie is, even though it's not a gimmicky 3D movie, mm-hmm. I would say that this movie is more of, like overall is more of a... Um, we're just going to show off for a bit type movie. Yeah. Because of the diving sequences, which are, are really great. Yeah. And also because of the suit. Because the suit is great. I think the suit is great. It's a great design. It's uh, a, a, an iconic design. Yeah. I agree. I think it looks better in wa- underwater. Yeah. But when he's walking around outside... I mean, it's all outside, but above yeah, water. Yeah, above, above water, yes. I found myself thinking, I was like, there's really... Not a lot of like cinematic craft about how they're showing this guy, mm. and I it felt to me like they were just like going, "Look at this awesome! Look at this awesome creature!" Like it's, yeah. it's such a cool like the suit is full body. I think I just couldn't get past the face. His face is pretty derpy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, but you're right. Like even the hands, I love the hands. Yeah, the hands are great. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, he's just kind of like walking around and shuffling around. You get like these full body shots of him. They're not really like scary. Um, And it felt almost like they were just trying to get their most out of this suit and just really show it off. Yeah. And the movie is 79 minutes. Right. You know, it's barely over an hour. Right. And the the plot is, you know, as we said... uh, pretty thin it's mm. they go to find the creature right yes and they find the creature and they then fight they the try to escape the creature yeah yeah um so a lot of it is kind of just a spectacle type thing right where they're sort of letting you do that thing of just like sitting in the atmosphere with them mm-hmm. which i really like like i like i like that a lot about this movie like i could imagine throwing this on in the background when you're in the right mood oh totally yeah 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 um i think that scene where I didn't think it was going to be as effective as it was, but the scene where he's the monster is swimming underneath K mm-hmm. is great. Yeah, and you're seeing it from underwater, so you can see yeah. that he's right there. It's just it's all the things I fear about the water. Yeah, right there. <laughs> I was going to say that it is. It is kind of like your perfect storm of like nightmarish assumptions about swimming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like you're just having a nice time, enjoying the sunshine and the warm water, and you know six or so feet beneath you is this thing stalking you right. that you can't see. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's very, 
it's it's kind of beautiful the way that it's very yeah, elegant. Yeah, I mean she she's gorgeous and her swimming is very elegant and lovely. The music they use is is almost like you know, there's the jarring moments where the the Gill man interrupts, but the music they use in general is sort of dreamy in mm, a way. Yeah. It does give this very specific atmosphere of like the juxtaposition of like her being so lovely and the Gill man being so grotesque. Yeah. Yeah. Um and you know, he's he's almost treating her he's he's kind of treating her the way they're treating him to a certain extent where he's mm. like this is something new that he's like, ooh, I, I like this. I don't know what this is. Yeah, yeah. He very much spots her and is just like, oh my God, a beautiful fish. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a beautiful fish I've never seen before. Maybe she'll like me? I don't know. Yeah, there is, there is, this is kind of essentially a condensed version of King Kong to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. But it's the same kind of thing where he's, I mean, she even kind of like looks like Fay Ray a bit, but not blonde, but yeah. Um, no, but she definitely has the the, the, uh, the look of the time. Yes. Yes. In terms uh, of her costuming and her hair. And yes. All that. Yeah. I I feel like as the movie went on, her boobs got pointier. Really, I felt like they were extremely pointy in the beginning. Maybe and they got I kind of actually less so. I think later on. I think they were just like no more noticeable. <laughs> they were condensing the amount of clothes the she was wearing. Just slowly zooming in. Yeah. So like. At, by the end, sh- her shirt is like tied up underneath her. That's under, true. On she's her essentially chest, wearing she's like, shorts on. yeah, she's wearing like sh- Daisy Dukes and a handkerchief. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I like the monster. Uh, yes. I think it, it holds up pretty well. Yeah, um, no, it, it, it really does. Like there's something weirdly fascinating about it, mm. like watching it move around underwater. And again, I can't I can't say enough about like how impressive I find it that the divers who acted as as the gill man like how impressive they were i think that's the thing that is so so surprising about it is how well the suit moves underwater yes because this is 1954 yeah that was they're not using space age material here this is like plastic and rubber i was so surprised when you said what year this was because i was thinking like 58 59 Mm -hmm. you know like late enough that it being black and white still made sense I should say early enough that being black and white still made sense, but late enough that there could be more like camera tricks mm-hmm. and like, you know, maybe little, little ways of like making things look better than they actually were. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, if this came out in 54, like they had to just do make do very analog. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> with everything. And I think something that's interesting about this movie is like, it made me think that I'm shocked we knew anything about the ocean prior to like the year 1980. Right. Yes. Because like you were saying um, while we were watching it, you know, plastic wasn't prevalent then. Yeah. Like you yeah. didn't have lightweight plastic underwater cameras. Pla- you didn't- plastic as something that exists is a lot younger than I think anybody understands. R- right. Yeah. So everything they had was like cloth. Yep. Uh, rubber metal mm-hmm. and it's like that's a lot of shit to be like diving under the water with right and, and carrying around with you yeah 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 and i mean even then as far as the technology of monster makeup goes mm. I, you know let me just just for comparison's sake let me look something up here sure uh yeah this island earth was 1955 so this is the year after this and the monster mm-hmm. from this island earth looks like um 
It, it looks like a, a guy in a, a big bulky suit just yeah. waddling around with like pincers that kind of work. Yeah. And that movie has a lot more special effects in it. And, and I think this one benefits from really only having one. And so right. they can put all their focus on the Gill Man. Right. And like there's not a lot of different locations. It's yes. just kind of, they shot, I think they shot the underwater stuff in Florida. Mm-hmm. And the above water stuff in California, I think. I or think vice versa. Possibly vice versa, yeah. I forget. Um, but yeah, it was just, it, they're just on the boat. They're just yeah. in that, majority of is just in that lagoon area. Yeah. Um, and so you don't have to build a ton of sets and stuff. And so you really can put all the effort into making the monster look as good as possible. Yeah, and I do think that like in this era, they, they really benefited from the black and white. That's the monster I'm talking mean, about. Oh, that's yeah. I have seen that. Yeah, I've seen that everywhere. Um, but I, but I, I think the black and white really works for this movie. It does. Yeah. You know, like I, I think I wouldn't even want to see a colorized version of this. Yes, because I, I think would it would start to look kind of cartoony and kind of fake, no matter how you did it. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked to see how well the three D went yeah. with the with the black and white yeah. film. Like that actually, I think added like a texture and a depth two things that that i don't know it's just like it, it made it really crisp and really clear and, yeah. and i really liked it yeah 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 it's um it's too bad that 3d isn't used more as a tool because even even now yeah. well i mean they don't really do it anymore but when it came back it was you had there was like <clears throat> a handful of movies mm-hmm. that took it seriously and then the rest of it was just like post-production slapped on yeah it, it's i think it's like it's just so tough to not go gimmicky with it yeah and like we said earlier this movie has a couple moments where it's definitely like they're they, they're taking full advantage of the 3d mm-hmm. but it wasn't a movie that was designed to be in 3d so it, it, i believe this one was oh this one was this okay. one was yes okay yeah but like it just it I, I think they use it in in a subtle way. Yeah, like, like they still they do the pointing and yeah. the it's it they never have a thing where it's yeah. like look at this poker and then they just hey kind of like there you Yeah, they're not like <laughs> yo-yoing into the camera like yes, they were in yeah. Friday the 13th. Yes. Um yeah, it's it's uh it holds up really well I think overall. It's Yeah, it's it's like it's not even really, I mean, I guess you could call it kind of campy, but even so, it's yeah. not like, I don't even find it that silly. It's just like, it's a solid monster movie. Yeah, it's, 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 I wouldn't call it campy. And, and I, I think, I think the, the thing this movie is, is it, it knows what it is. Yes. Like, it's not campy, but it also doesn't try to be like overtly philosophical. It introduces some themes and some ideas that mm-hmm. you can, should you want to, extrapolate out on onto it, like about environmentalism, about colonialism, mm-hmm. about race. Like you, you could go into all of those things with this movie, but the the movie doesn't force you to. Right. So if yeah. you want to just watch a, you know, group of humans is is confronted by something both terrifying and awe inspiring and mm. dangerous. That's what this movie is. Yeah. It doesn't force you to, if you, if you don't want to think about like white colonialism, like 
you, you don't have to really in this right. movie. You can if right. you want to, but the movie doesn't make you. No, <laughs> I was going to make a CRT joke, but oh, <laughs> <laughs> shh. They allow this movie in schools in the south. Oh God, maybe who knows anymore? Yeah, I know, maybe not. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, like I, you know, I, I was talking about how Mark and David are kind of. St- Polar opposites, polar opposites of each other to like kind of a silly degree. Yeah, but it does even there. It's like not even that over the top. Like Mark goes after this thing, like it killed his dog. Like he has no <laughs> He's the reason. John Wick of this movie. Yeah, Mark is a yeah. money guy. Yeah, Mark wants to bring this thing back for money. But then you know you could start doing a, a sort of anti-capitalist reading of this movie. Okay. You know, where he's all about, like, I'm going to capture this thing, and I, I'm going to capture it dead or alive, but I'm going to make a fuck ton of money off of it, and mm-hmm. that's the greatest good that it can serve. Yeah, okay. The greatest good that this creature can serve is making me, or someone, or all of us, a ton of money. Yeah. And then the sort of environmentalist perspective is David, who is saying, no, there is value of just knowing where this thing is, and knowing that it's out there, and knowing what its habitat is like, and studying its evolution. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I think, a a debate that this movie sort of, it's interesting because I think on the surface it seems to come down on David's side. Yeah. But the more you look at it, like you were saying, he keeps kind of just being like, yeah, I mean, let it go. Yeah. It killed, it killed so-and-so and it killed this other guy and now it's killed these two guys and now it's killed Mark, but we should, we should let it go. <laughs> right. And so like both sides end up not coming out looking super great. It's it's weak on crime, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I'm saying we need to stop and frisk the Gill Man. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he never went to New York in the early 2000s. <laughs> That's why he stayed in... Where are they supposed to be? Brazil? <sighs> sure. I don't know. I don't know. So in the Amazon. I don't know. They're very vague about that. They're yeah. very much like, ah, oh, yes, here on the river. It's like... Uh, I, okay. I really, I the really Amazon enjoyed... The Amazon is a very long river. You know that, right? He may, What does he say? He may, It makes the Mississippi look like a, like a stream or like something a, like yeah, that? Yeah. I really did like that scene, though, when, when, when uh, Lucas was basically like, yes, everything here is huge. The bugs are huge. <laughs> the, the fish are huge. It's all scary. Don't leave the boat. It, you know, it's really funny because my husband has been to um, the jungle in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has he has been many places. And that is the one where he has said he has no desire to return to the I, jungle. No, any not jungle. interested. Yeah. Not interested. After arachnophobia. <laughs> and there's probably another movie on the list. Not this list, but like on yeah. my personal list. Yes. That, the list that haunts you at the night. The list that haunts me. Yeah. Man. <laughs> that opening sequence of arachnophobia when they are in the jungle. I have never f- seen that movie and I don't want to. Oh my God. It's I'm not doing it's it. It's a great movie. Nope, 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 nope. You sure? I'm positive. I can, put, I can use it as a wild card uh, if you want. I don't want you to. <laughs> okay. I can't stop you because this is this is uh, uh, an equal partnership, but <laughs> I, I would prefer that you didn't. That's fine. Okay. It's it's a great movie, but the beginning as as a child, nope. they're in the jungle and there's spiders like in the trees and shit. Fuck. Yeah, it's yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, no, so 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 Greg Greg was telling me, you know, he was a kid when he was in the jungle and um That's probably, where they found him, right? Yeah, 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 he was living in a hole yes. under some trees. He um, was easy to spot. He was the whitest thing. <laughs> the whitest thing anyone ever seen. Um 
But no, he was saying, you know, he, he was probably like eight years old. And, and you know, eight-year-olds, their their feet aren't huge, but they aren't tiny. And he was talking about just bugs bigger than his shoes. Mm, just, no just around. Those no. weren't the bad ones. Those were just the ones that you found around your hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was arachnophobia and then a story that I think my church youth pastor told about when he was doing like a missions trip in the jungle. Spiders. And they had mosquito nets on their beds. Mm. And he, uh, he woke up and there was like five huge spiders just on the mosquito net over the bed. I was like, that's, that's fine. Um, I, I don't need to go. Thank you for going. But Yes, thank you for going so that I now know I won't. Yes. Yeah. Not interested. Yeah. Nope. No, even if there's a gill man there. Yes. I don't need well, to you know. know. You know, it's interesting. First of all, before we kind of wrap it up, um, I love the scene where they set them on fire. Yeah. That was awesome. Oh, my God. That was, that such was a good. That was so good. I was yeah. kind of shocked at how good that, that looked. It was pretty quick, but it was like... Yeah, they they um, packed a punch, you know, because they've they've got him in close up. And I don't know if it was like a if it was a dummy or something or if like just the cutting yeah. was really well done. Yeah. But they just slam him with one of those. Lanterns yeah. And then he, and he is just, fully oh, engulfed. Really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other thing I was going to say was uh, I was kind of surprised because this would have given me, you know, chills at some point. Hmm. I was kind of surprised at no point. They're like, well, did you ever consider he's not the only one? Right. You know, like it's never even brought up. Right. That maybe there's, because he's such a, um, he's compared to this other, uh, what was it called? The lungfish? Yes. That's been the same for 35 million years yes. or something like that. Yes, yes. And he's, so he's portrayed as this um, evolutionary oddity. Yes. That has survived. <clears throat> yeah. You know. Yeah. But they never put out the the idea that, well, maybe there are more of them. Yeah. It w- it's just not the same one that's been around for 35 million years. It, it would have been kind of great if after the, uh, like like at the end when we see the, the Gill Man dying mm-hmm. and, 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 and kind of sinking down into the depths of the lagoon, if like there had been a quick moment of the the ship finally clearing out and like getting away Mm. and as the ship moved just like bubbles coming up from the lagoon Mm. you know some implication that like the gill man or some other gill creature was still there well they did make two sequels right of course um and they get does a movie ever really even exist if it doesn't get a sequel not anymore (laughs) no um you know what's interesting of all Mm. of these movies these universal monster movies yeah Uh, Wolfman is the only one that doesn't have a direct sequel. Well, that's technically not fair for me to say. Yeah, in the the TV show Dinosaurs. (laughs) What? You know the TV show Dinosaurs? Not the mama, all that? There's there's a whole werewolf episode. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, except he becomes a human. It's Uh, like the teenage brother. (laughs) He he becomes a were-man. Ah. Yeah. That was a joke and nobody got it. I apologize. That's fine. That's fine. Goodbye. (laughs) Uh, no, but but Wolfman, there's no like Wolfman two or right. Son of Wolfman, <laughs> like Trick Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah, but he does show up in other movies. Mm. So there's no Wolfman two, but yeah. Frankenstein versus Wolfman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. P- 
picks up the Wolfman story yeah. directly from the first movie. Huh. And then he shows up in um, House of Dracula and House of Frankenstein. Okay. And... So he's just kicking around. He's just bumming around. He yeah. gets killed in every one of these movies, but Aww. he's somehow still alive. Poor and at the end of every one of them. <clears throat> um, but the creature gets a sequel. Creature gets two, and they get kind of weird, if I remember correctly. I think the, you don't uh, say the second one. I'm shocked that the movie about the uh, horny fish man gets weird. Yeah, the first one is um, Revenge of the Creature which was also uh, filmed and released in 3D in hopes of reviving the format. So I guess oh. originally 3D, I guess w- w- much like, well, I guess it stuck around longer recently, but I think it was in and out pretty quick in the 50s. Mm. Um, and then there was an- these came out f- uh, f- 54, 55, and 56. Revenge of the Creature was in 55, and uh, The Creature Walks Among Us was in 56 the creature takes manhattan yeah basically and <laughs> the creature design is very strange um because he's like uh in this one he's like a lot more smooth and i don't know if he's supposed to be like a hybrid or something <laughs> he's a lot more smooth i'm sorry he's like really good at picking up ladies he gets badly burned oh. that's what it is and so, like, for, yeah, so he's got a, a much weirder look on the thing. Um, but I haven't seen those yet. They are in the packet, the, the set that I have, but I haven't watched them. I'm sorry. We I'm could have watched. laughing at he's a lot more yeah. <laughs> Apparently, originally, the design that they, they tried to kick around, he was supposed mm. to look like an Oscar statue. But you can probably assume why that didn't fly. Uh, yeah. Nope. Don't need that. Yeah. Um, but what's funny is, like, honestly, we could have probably watched all three of these movies in the mm-hmm. time it took us to watch Salem's Lot. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Salem's Lot was long. It was very long. Was very yes. Long. Um, but yeah, this uh, Creature from Black Lagoon has, I think, a big uh, legacy to it. Like, we, there yeah. was a lot of, like we, like I said, it starts off very similarly to Jurassic Park. Yep. Um, I think there's a lot of Jaws in this movie. A ton of Jaws in this movie. Yeah, and yeah. Um, crazy boat captain, yep. winches that are almost breaking or yep. breaking. The even the uh, the creature swimming underneath the girl is yep. kind of reminiscent of uh, Chrissy going swimming. <laughs> yes, at the beginning there, um, and uh, lost my train of thought about that. Uh, other other films. Oh uh, yes, um, and the the sea monster creature is mm. just sort of a a. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, keeps going. My brain just broke. <laughs> it's it's a it's a sustained character. Like it, yes. it's uh, Monster Squad. Yep. Features another fantastic Gilman, probably the the best Gilman since this one. It's pretty great. Um, like I mean, Humanoids of the Deep, mm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like an iconic character. Yes. Yeah. Humanoids of the Deep. Uh, the the monsters are actually designed by Rob Bottin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty weird looking. I can um, only imagine. And uh, <laughs> uh, they get, you know, great lady grabbing hands. Oh, good, good, yeah. good. Got to be able to grab those ladies. Yeah. Um, and I believe uh, Monster Squad, I think, is designed by Stan Winston. Mm. I think. Um, and that's a that's a great costume. But yeah, he's, yeah. he's kind of, um, he's a character who you don't see... He, like would you a, say he's just lurking under the surface, Clay? I would say so, yes. 
But you don't see him a lot. Like, he's got yeah. his three movies. Yeah. And then he's kind of... But it is very much like a pop culture icon yeah, he's a kind big of pop thing. culture icon. Yeah. yeah, where it's just like that, that style of creature comes up in other forms of media, other genres. Like he's even, become an adjective, basically. Yeah. Like creature, oh, the creature from the Black Lagoon is something yeah. you would say to, you know, a very wet, hairy man coming out of the water. Or something. <laughs> you sound like you're speaking from experience. <laughs> <laughs> Not directly. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, I'm kind of surprised that they haven't gone back to him more because I yeah I was kind of I was doing that math where I was like okay creatures in '54 uh, I was like the update um, sort of humanoids from the deep is kind of yeah. like a ripoff update but then you also have stuff that's like outside of the, like the horror movie mm-hmm. like realm where you even have like Abe Sapien. Oh, and definitely. stuff in Hellboy, yes. who's yeah. very much this kind of look in a way, and like 100%. the shape of water mm-hmm. to stick with the Guillermo del Toro of it mm-hmm. all. Um, yeah, there's it's still there that that kind of character or creature, whatever you want to call it, like it's it's still present. I think it captures people's imagination a little less, yeah, because it is so inherently foreign. Mm. Like it was never human and it's still not. Sure. Whereas like Dracula was once human. Uh Frankenstein is made of pieces of humans. Many human. Many human. <laughs> um the one <laughs> That's the whole that's the, the whole species distinction for, for yes. Frankenstein monsters is they are yeah. many human. Many human. <laughs> And the, the wolf man is mm-hmm. still partially human when he's not turning into a werewolf. Right. You know, the mummy was once alive. It was mm-hmm. just a guy. Like all of those things, like you can envision what that monster was before it became a monster. Whereas the creature from the Black Lagoon is just, it, it just is what it is. It's been this way for 400 million years. Yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little surprised they've never remade it. Yeah. I, I, I think you'd have to find something new to say with it. Yeah. And I don't really know what that would be without getting maybe like too political. Yeah, I think I think there's room to do a legitimately scary version of this. Yeah, you know, I like- I, I think that the the thing that they've been doing instead is going the easier route of if you want something scary in the water, you stick with sharks. Sure, maybe you go to crocodiles. Yeah, like. You know what I mean? It's just easier. It's 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 easier to make it a monster. Of a, like a beast that mm. should be slain rather than kind of maintaining the ambiguity that the creature has. Yeah. Well, yeah, you'd think with, with the, the, the climate change stuff and environmentalism stuff being so pre- popular yeah. and prevalent over the past. I think if you decades. cross that with the sort of folk horror revival that's happened in the last five years, you could get a real, real cool, intense movie. Yeah. So uh, everybody be on the lookout for Ari Aster's next film in 2025. That would be awesome. (laughs) Actually, Eggers would do a pretty good job. Eggers would do a really good job. That would be an impenetrable movie for most people. Yes, yes. It would be fascinating and absolutely incoherent to me. You would go to see, a normal person would go to see Robert Eggers' remake of um, Creature from the Black Lagoon and come out saying, I, that had a lot more... (laughs) Uh, human on cloaca sex than I thought there would be. <laughs> I was just thinking, like the, the probably the mermaid from the lighthouse is the closest thing we've yeah. gotten to a creature remake. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like you're saying, Shape of Water is, is the yeah. 
romantic remake, I guess. Yeah, it's the, it's the rom-com version of this. Have you seen that? I have not, actually. I haven't seen it either. I feel like it got, and I feel kind of bad because I feel like it got it got sort of a bad rap for being like, ooh, she has sex with a fish man. Mm-hmm. And so Sign it, me up. <laughs> Someone's finally making the movies I want to see. So the horny mm-hmm. monsters we've been talking about all the last two episodes, it's, uh, it's, it's your genre, huh? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and with that, where are we at? Uh, this so this is number one hundred. <laughs> oh, I, the music. We didn't talk about yes. the music that too much. Um, very effective, iconic, like Sting. Yes, yes. Whenever the creature pops up, yeah, yeah. reminiscent of the Wolfman, which has a very similar kind of three note thing. Mm. Um, the Wolfman's like, bah, 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 and this one's kind of like a bit of an inversion of that a bit. Mm. Uh, but it works. Um, yeah really well lots of like dreamy sort of yeah and you're music, saying the, yeah. the the music with k is very is very kind of dreamy and yeah it's, it's a nice juxtaposition and i think it works pretty well yeah agree um this is number 154 i think i said on sounds our list. right uh what do you think about that placement should it be higher should it be lower should it be taken off the list i honestly might say it, it should be a little bit closer to 100 mm. to me just because it, I think it has been really influential on, you know, we mentioned the two big obvious ones that jumped out to us, Jurassic Park and Jaws, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm 100% positive there are many other movies that this has had a huge impact on. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm sure like I'm sure if you went back and yeah. watched like Anaconda. Oh, yeah. Or, oh god. Anything like that, yes. or even pro- even something like Congo or something, yeah. probably hit. Well, maybe not. Maybe a little mm, bit of Congo, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's had such a huge legacy, and I think, like you said, where this type of character is is just sort of this iconic creature that has carried forward into pop culture. And if you say that, if you tell somebody like, "Oh, it looks like the creature in the Black Lagoon," mm-hmm. everybody knows exactly what you mean right, right away. Right. And so I feel like this has just had such a big and lasting impact in so many ways that it, sh- it should be further up on our list i would know? agree i yeah. think it gets a legacy bump yeah right yeah. like it's it's just so inescapable like everybody if everybody knows it even if you haven't seen the movie like you're right. familiar with the concept right yeah. yeah i'm sure i'm sure at this point there are more people who recognize Gilman from merchandise than from a movie yeah yeah but they still recognize it right yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I think this should be probably closer to like, you know, the 120s, the 110s, maybe even in the 90s. I'm not going to say it's like the highest quality horror movie. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. But I do think like legacy wise, it, it should be further on up. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that was this is episode 59. Dun, so dun, our dun. next episode is episode 60 it's a wild card pick yes. it's amanda's wild card pick do you have a movie for us for next time i i do and i'm gonna pick one that i myself have not seen but Ooh, i have okay. been wanting to see very badly i would like to do in the earth in the earth i don't in know the that earth. one yeah i'm gonna do a quick look uh, it up uh it came out in 2001 it's sort of 2001 or 2021 i'm sorry 2021 okay. <laughs> i am old <laughs> <laughs> I think it's still the aughts right now. 
Um, oh, it's a Ben Wheatley movie. Okay. Yes, it is a Ben Wheatley movie. All right. Yeah. Yep. Nice and weird. Okay. Yep. I just want some weird, like, eco-horror, folk horror, <clears throat> maybe slightly post-apocalyptic. Is this in that box set of the folk horror movies that you got? No, it is not. That box set is all older movies. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's there's maybe a couple from the 80s and... and I don't know if there are any from the 90s but the vast majority of those are are are, are older um this one i've I, i've been i've had my eye on probably since it came out mm-hmm. it just seems very up my alley it's like people kind of trapped slash lost in a wilderness setting not certain what's real and what's not around them sure okay yeah. i'm into that yeah, Ben Wheatley's interesting because he's um, he's a guy who every time he has a movie come out, I go, yeah, I, that looks pretty cool. I'd like to see that, and then mm-hmm. I never end up seeing it. Yeah, I mean, I I really like the things I have seen from him, mm-hmm. so I, I have high hopes. But like I said, I haven't seen this one yet, so we're all going on an adventure together. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. So yeah, so that will that'll do it for Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to support the show, you can uh, join our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash the Penske file. Penske file is kind of our umbrella corporation. Uh, fewer zombies, though. Actually, probably. <laughs> I mean, this probably show, an equivalent yeah. amount of zombies. Yeah. Um, and we, uh, we also do a Patreon show where uh, this year Amanda and I are covering the second string of Stephen King adaptations. In May, we will be doing Cujo. In Ooh. April, we did... Uh, no, wait. I'm sorry. May, we are doing... The Dark Half? <laughs> that sounds right. Yes. We're doing The Dark Half. Yeah. I said on the Star Trek show the other day we were doing Cujo. I don't know why I said just that. Just retconning our, yeah. our lives? Uh, we're doing The Dark Half in May. <laughs> we did Needful Things in April. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's the kind of those are the kind of things we're covering on mm-hmm. there. We also have 12 episodes from last year where Amanda and I covered the entirety of the Friday the 13th series. So if you'd like to listen to us. And listen that. to me go slowly insane yeah. over the course of 12 months. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when you fall in love. <laughs> so uh, uh, thank you guys. Me plus Jason forever. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Amanda, for joining me. Thank you, Clay. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.